Aloha. Penn Nation, what is up? You are now tuned into yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio. As always, guys, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Pleasure to be here with you each and every week. This is episode 71. We've got a great show, a bunch of guests, a ton of stuff to get to. Very happy to be here. BJPenn.com Radio, we are live each and every Wednesday, sometimes Thursday, but this week, it's Wednesday again. 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We continue to bring you guys the best possible show every week. Awesome guests, great conversations. BJPenn.com Radio, we are the fighter's voice. We give these athletes a platform to speak their hearts and minds without bias. We try to encourage these great, uh, you know, candid conversations, get to know all of these athletes, because one thing we know for sure is mixed martial arts is all about personalities. So, that being said, we're the fighter's voice. You guys have seen the hashtag. You know what we're all about. We're also the voice of you guys, the fans. We greatly appreciate all the love and support, Penn Nation. Keep it up. Make sure you uh, bookmark us. Follow us on all the various social media. Stay up to date on the sport that we all love in mixed martial arts. We've got a ton of exclusive content. Really cool things on the on the horizon that I cannot speak about, but awesome stuff in the works. All the breaking news, you guys already know that. Hot topics, viral videos, everything that you crave from the sport that you love in mixed martial arts, bjpen.com. We have got you covered, guys. So tonight's guest list, we've got a stack show, we've got four guests, a lot of people to get to. First up, coming off of his dominant win at UFC 221 in Perth, Australia, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky uh, ground and pounded Jeremy Kennedy to to a pulp, <laughs> for lack of a better word. I mean, his face wasn't terribly busted up, but man, those body shots were serious. So we're going to recap the win with him, talk about what's next. Uh, always a pleasure to speak with him. You guys know him. You've heard him on the show several times. Uh, he's trying to be the baby face in a, in a landscape full of heels at this point in the sport. Got to give the guy a ton of props for that. And considering his athleticism that he's been showing inside the octagon, future is very bright for Alexander Volkanovsky. Great convo with him. You guys will enjoy it. I'm sure. Second guest of the evening. This man is coming off of some crazy contract disputes. His future was very uncertain. Was possibly contemplating retirement at n- not too long ago. But now he's got a fight, taking it on four weeks' notice, coming up in London against Cajun Johnson. Returning to the show, Stevie the Braveheart Ray. We're going to preview the fight. Discuss the matchup with Cajun. And of course, get into all the juicy details. Well, not that juicy, but we'll get into all the details with the contract issues, changing management. And you'll hear him talk about it. Pretty much a blessing in disguise for this guy. So good convo with him as well. Third guest of the evening. No fight announced yet. But he is coming off of a win over Drakkar Close. Kickboxing sensation that has joined the UFC. 4-0 so far within the promotion. David Timer. We speak with him from uh, 
from Sweden, and apparently he was by the woods, so we have a bit of a connection issue there, um, and quite frankly with Alexander Volkanovsky as well. Um, you know, calling these guys from across the, across the globe, the uh, signal isn't always the best. So bear with us on that one. Good convo with him nonetheless. Just a little bit of audio interference. But regardless, great conversation with him. Very promising uh, character at 155 as well. And closing out tonight's show. He's coming off of a another big win. Over the weekend on Sunday, UFC Austin. James the Executioner Vic. Gets the unanimous decision over Francisco Trinaldo. Landed some very flashy stuff. Looked great out there. We're going to recap that win with him. Talk about what's next. You guys have heard it on the show many times. The man cannot get a fight, and he's quite frustrated with the top 15, top 10 at 155. So you can be sure he's going to have a lot to say about that. Landed uh, <laughs> landed sweet chin music. The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Landed a sidekick to the face, reminiscent of sweet chin music. Very cool stuff. We'll talk about all that and much more with James. Great show. Like I said, it's a stacked one. However, for sake of time, I don't think I'm going to get into to, to any news. Obviously, you guys saw the card. It was a great one. UFC Austin. Uh, we saw Matt, Matt Mitrion get the win over Roy Nelson and Bellator. Um, tons of stuff I could talk about. A fair amount of news as well. But again, for the sake of time, we've got a long show tonight. I'm just going to keep it rolling. One thing I do want to say, though, I will not touch this politically or give an opinion on this in any manner, but I will say from everybody at BJPenn.com, our hearts go out to the families and uh, all the loved ones of this tragic, tragic, tragic situation in Parkland, Florida uh, with the school shooting. So, um, man, again, our hearts go out to everybody that was affected. Much love to all the heroes that put their lives on the line to save some children uh, in this terrible situation. And again, I'm not going to touch this politically whatsoever, but I, I just would like to give my condolences to, to the families involved. Um, so, yeah, man. I know that was a somber note. I tend, <laughs> I tend to do this. I hope you guys up for a great show. And then I, br- I bring you low with uh, some tragic news. But listen, we do have an awesome show for you tonight. We're going to get right into it. First guest of the evening, coming up next, ground and pound, athletic animal, bashing machine from Australia, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. This is BJPenn.com Radio. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Coming up next, Alex Volkanovsky. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show. Coming off his 14th straight victory, putting it to 4-0 in the UFC. Of course, I'm talking about Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Congrats, man. Very impressive win. You must be very pleased with the outcome of that fight. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's always good to get the win in the UFC. But again, you know, someone that's bringing it up in the UFC and, you know, people are talking it up about, you know, this is going to be a, a battle and to beat him at his own game like a did, you know, went well. 
So do you feel like you kind of stole some of that momentum and, and hype that was being built up behind him and, and put put the stop to that, maybe took it for your own now? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, there was a lot of people that had eyes on him, you know what I mean? Like, he, he might not have the, the most, uh, the best style, all the crazy style, but, you know, people knew that he was a threat in the division just purely because he's a grinder and, you know, no one likes to fight fit guys that are just going to, you know, blanket you and just, you know, hold you down and, like, you know, because they're so fit, they're, they're hard to fight, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like that myself where, where, where it comes to pressure and, and sort of, um, you know, grinding style, but, uh, you know, I, I like to be a little bit more vicious with uh, my approach uh, than him. So, you know, like I said, there was, was a few eyes on him. A lot of people thought, you know, he's, he's probably going to make it to the top. And, you know, I, I literally made it look easy in there. You know, I don't like to talk uh, myself up like that, but, you know what I mean? It, uh, yeah, it went, uh, it went pretty smoothly for me, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say so, man. Listen, I remember last time we spoke, you had talked about uh, how he was that grinder style, but you were not going to be outworked, and you still maintain that you are probably the best athlete uh, in the division when it comes to uh, cardio and pressure and being able to grind a guy out like that. Uh, you you beat him at his at his own game, but I mean, man, do you think you put the rest of the division on notice as, as to why you are that that big deal when it comes to athleticism and, and that grinding style? Oh, one hundred percent. I definitely think uh, a lot of people, you know, no one wants to fight a guy like that. You know, again, you, you know, I'm beating people at their own game. I've fought a couple of pressure fighters and and I've just, uh, you know, put it on them. So, you know what I mean? They're the, the type of grinders that, you know, again, like I said, no one likes to face these guys. But, you know, I'm a, I'm making it look easy out there, you know what I mean? And, and I'm still, like, I haven't really got to show my, my striking. Every time I think I'm going to strike with someone, I'm just way too strong and I end up pounding them out. So I'll just stick, stick to that, if you know what I mean. Right. And, you know, it's just the... It was just a, a lot bigger, a lot better for me where I had a, a bit of a better camp for me as well. So that's why a lot of people are like, oh, you look good out there. You know, I think I, I might have told you this last time, but I haven't had a good camp in the UFC. And to be honest with you, you know, this camp still wasn't perfect. You know, I tore my LCL, a grade two tear on my LCL, 10 weeks before the fight. And that, that had me out like for about two weeks in a big uh, knee brace. And like you know, another two weeks after. So it wasn't like till six weeks I could start wrestling and things like that. But I was able to at least keep fit, work core strength, and do things like that. That um, made me still feel really strong out there. And then I, in that six weeks, I really, really put in the hard work. And I was fit. I was in some good nick. So um, yeah, I was always going to be a tough fight. So you know, this is again not a perfect camp, but. You know, I mean, it was, it was a lot better, and when you see that, what, what, how much I improved, and, and look how much better I looked, and stronger, and fitter, and just everything. So you can imagine, you know, I'm going to keep training right now, and then once I get a full camp, mate, I'm going to be a whole nother beast. <laughs> well, so a couple of very interesting points there. I know that the last time we spoke, you talked about how this was probably the best camp you've had since you've been in the UFC. You were very happy with it so far, but at, I believe that was maybe a week or two before the fight. However, you're telling me that you tore your ACL 10 weeks out, and what was was there surgery involved? I mean, you're saying knee brace there. That sounds like a really uh, yeah. quick turnaround to get back on the mats and, and get ready for a fight. Yeah. Now, not ACL, LCL. LCL. Okay, LCL. So, you know, out, out, out of the yeah, yeah. Out of the yeah, ACL, it's a pretty serious. LCL out of the, the knees, that's probably the best one to do. So I sort of got lucky there. But, I mean, I, I just done it and then got asked about the fight. And I was like, man, what do I do? Because I, I had to go to my physio and 
talk to them and then he goes, look, well, you know, you know, we could probably get you back to doing everything in, in four or five weeks, like like everything, wrestling and that. But, I mean, you'll be able to start to do stuff here. And he started recovering really quick. So we had him the knee brace just so he could uh, hold on, you know what I mean? So we didn't want to keep uh, moving it too much and things like that. We didn't want to stretch it right out and not let it heal. So we've done a couple of weeks of uh, keeping it pretty still so we could do that and then just have rehab. And like I said, I'll, you know, I was in a knee brace in the gym doing the skis and, you know, whatever I could do, you know what I mean? Like just upper body stuff and sometimes these things have got to be done so you can fly. Yeah, okay. Wow, all right, for a second there, when I thought you said ACL, I was like, holy shit, man, what do you want? Yeah, yeah. Superhuman? <laughs> yeah. So listen, when it, when it comes to the fight, though, obviously I'm glad that everything worked out and you got to put on such a, such a great performance uh, in front of all of your fans. The headlines this week had read, brutalizes, demolishes uh, Jeremy Kennedy, so forth. Um, I think you made a really, really big statement there for the rest of the division, but have you had a chance to watch the fight? And if so, do you think that you that performance was that dominant, in your own opinion? Yeah, yeah, I you know, usually watch uh, the fights a couple of times after. Yeah, it was, it was definitely dominant, but again, like, obviously I, I know I can do a lot better as well. You know I mean? I didn't really, I didn't really get a chance to show the striking because I knew he was going to try and look for the takedown, so I was a bit more hesitant on the feet trying to give him a few different looks before I come in and it just end up like you know he would come for a takedown and I just throw him down and then end up pounding him so I still didn't get to show much but I got to show people that you don't want to be you don't want me on top of you that's for sure if I'm going to be on top of you on the ground you, you know be, be prepared to get your head uh, squashed between my fist and the canvas <laughs> it was uh, again man I mean uh, just the uh, just the body shots alone I mean Jimmy Smith and uh, John Anik, I mean, they, they were both comparing you to Khabib in there. Uh, that must be a huge confidence, bo- confidence booster for you to hear guys talk about you like that. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, Khabib is an incredible athlete and what he's doing uh, is huge. So for now, I'm very happy with uh, people doing that. But soon I want to be my own. You know, I want to be, oh, man, that's Volkanovski ground and pound. You know what I mean? So, yeah. again, Khabib's control is just, Unbelievable, but I believe I put a little bit more power in my shots. I posture up and throw bigger bombs. Uh, so I believe I've got a little bit different, but I'm definitely happy with uh, the, with that uh, comparison. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean that obviously that's a huge compliment in this sport in this day and age right now with everything we've seen uh, Khabib that he's been able to do. But you know, I mentioned the body shots and, and how they sounded like gunshots. There, you were talking about how powerful those those blows were. Did he? He just seemed to just give up right there. I mean, do you think you broke his will before that, or were those body shots the point where this guy said, I, "I'm I'm done with this. I'm going to curl up and let him finish me." Well, he was tough and he kept going through. But uh, I, I seen his eyes from the start. Almost, he grabbed the single leg. He had the single leg wrapped up pretty good, and just had his chin on my my shoulder. Popped the, you know, broke the grips, threw him around, and then even then, I remember just giving him a not a smirk again. I'm not a I'm not a you know, sort of a smart-ass type of fighter, but I was just like, man, like, I looked at him like, oh, I'm too strong for you, mate. Like, I literally, even for me, I was just like, that's it, you know, I'm too strong, you're done. And then I, even when I was on top, and even when he gets up, like I said, I, I did watch the, the tapes, and he gets up, and you could just see, he's like, what have I got myself into? And that's that's what's going to happen every time these guys come in with me. They're going to say, you know, oh, yeah, they're going to think they've got me figured out, which everyone does. And then once I'm in front of them, they're just like, oh, shit, the pressure's 
always more than they expected. The power was always more than they expected. And then just the, the different looks is just always a bit more difficult than they expected as well. I'm going to get, like I said, I'm getting better and better every, every day. So expect a, a whole other beast next fight. You know what I mean? I'm still sort of new to this sport. People forget that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm prepared to put the work in now. I can actually train and get better. Last few fights I've been injured, have to recover in the camp and then just get fit enough for the fight. I've done that for the last three fights. So now I get to actually, you know, I don't have any injuries, nothing major, you know, just the same injuries that I went before the fight. And now I get to get better. So now I can do it a month or two or, or whatever I need to do or just, you know, leveling up and then get prepared for a fight. And, mate, that's, that's scary. I believe that's uh, very scary. I'd say so, man. Based on everything you've told me and your performances so far, I would hate to see, well, not, I would love to see what you look like at 100%. I would hate to be the guy across the cage from that. Um, but all of these yeah. things considered, man, I know we've talked about it in length before, but come on, you, you've got to get a ranked opponent next, right? Definitely. No, I haven't lost a round in the UFC. I literally have not lost a round. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of them rounds that I've won have been, you know, you could say the 10-8 rounds as well. So, you know what I mean? 50% of my rounds are 10-8 rounds, so completely dominating. So I'm, I'm barely copping any damage in any of my fights, and I'm just handing out some you know, pretty pretty uh, good beatings, you know what I mean? So they need to give me some ranked opponents. Uh, a name, you know, names uh, would be good. So I know you've done, uh, you've kind of crowned yourself the bad guy hunter, the good guy hunting all the bad guys in the division. Do you have any opponents in mind at this point? Does there any anybody that sticks out for you as that bad guy that, that you think you deserve to fight next? Look, I would like anyone in the, in the top 10 or top 16, you know, whatever it needs to be. But again, the guys are just like the talk. So, you know, obviously Jeremy Stevens got a big fight coming his way up there. You know, I'm not expecting to get that fight straight away. I would take it 100%. But, um, you know, guys like that, you know, they're probably, yeah, this is, this is well, after I said that, I pulled out uh, Andre Feely and and Jeremy Stevens. Right. And I just remember, yeah, so I said, like, you know, I want the bullies, I want the guys that like to talk and all that. So I sort of uh, threw a couple of words in and then a couple of names, and then people sort of uh, took it to heart. Well, Andre Feely ended up going, oh, yeah, you know, I've always stuck up with the underdog, you know, go fuck yourself and this and stuff <laughs> like that. But, you know, I mean, he took it personal, which, you know, really, uh, I don't really care. You know, suppose I didn't know, but supposedly you know, he did all the charity work and all this sort of stuff. And once I got told that, oh, my bad, you know, I probably did that wrong. But I'm talking about the guys that like to talk. You know what I mean? All I know, I don't know him personally. You know what I mean? I don't know him. You know, like, he expects me to just stand on his Facebook and know all his uh, Twitter and just know these things. All I see sometimes him calling someone out and having a little Twitter beast with everyone. So that's, you know, that's the stuff that hits the media and that's the stuff that I see. And that's why I thought, you know, he talked a bit. And then and then there's a big thing where supposedly uh, he didn't take the fight and then he's going, oh, yeah, I didn't get off of that phone. Blah, blah. I'll, I'll, I'll fuck them all up anyway. And there's stuff like that, little things like that. These are the guys I want. I mean, I know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I know, I know gangsters and that that do charity, charity work. Right. doesn't mean, you know, like, they, they talk a big, you know what I mean? So it's... You know what I mean? These people out there killing people and they do charity work. So, oh, that's you know what I mean? Like, good on him. I respect him for doing that. But at the same time, you want to run your mouth, don't shut it up. <laughs> Dude, you make a great point. I know uh, my, my buddy's father was uh, president of a bike club and they were pretty close to Hell's Angels out here where I live. 
and every year they do this uh, charity run for Toys for Tots, and you know they give uh, they give toys to, to needy children, and they all ride up on their bikes with all their colors on, and I know what you mean, man. <laughs> Gangsters can do charity too. <laughs> so that's funny. That's funny. So so Andre Feely, obviously. Uh, that's a possibility at this point. Jeremy Stevens, he's matched up with Josh Emmett. That's going down this weekend. Who are you picking in that fight? Uh, it's going to be a good fight. I think uh, Josh Emmett can do it. With uh, Jeremy Stevens, he's powerful and all that sort of stuff. He's starting to, uh, you know, he's, when it comes to his power shots and that, I just think it's a little uh, one-dimensional. You know, I don't, I don't believe he sets up uh, too well or, or until like, he throws some big bombs. Or, but Emmett, you know, got some good lateral movement and, and he, you know, he's pretty smart, so he's got a good broken rhythm, and I think he can catch him. But all he'll just, he won't get touched, and just sort of a, out of, it's a five rounder. So, right. you know, I've actually thought this the last couple of fights, and Jeremy has uh, end up taking taking the win. So, uh, good on him for that. So he's improving, but you know, I think Josh will do. <clears throat> yeah, definitely, definitely should be a good one. And, uh... Obviously, both those names would be would be good for you to match up moving forward. Maybe you're not quite there, but I'd imagine in the next couple fights that that should totally be a reality. But what's the timetable here, man? Last time we spoke, you said that you wanted to, to fight in the United States. I, if I'm not mistaken, you know, is there a card in particular that, that you're eyeing, or is there a specific amount of time that you'd like to take off at this point? Yeah, well, um, I don't need to take time off. I'm obviously going straight in the camp. Like if I knew there was one like, straight away, I probably jump straight in. Or I probably would, but. You know, I'd make sure the money's right, sort of thing. Well, actually, because there's a bit of uh, that's getting thrown around that he's struggling with opponent for a while. Even though, you know, he's only had the two fights in the UFC, obviously, you know, he's, uh, a lot of people were scared of fighting. So I was like, when we looked at him, we're like, oh, no, yeah, this could be, a, you know, we could play the game here and maybe get a, a bit of, uh, maybe that'd be desperate and try and get a bit of money for it, but So that would have been good, a big card, but, you know, that's all good, maybe... Maybe May, May or June or something like that. You know, we're looking at, at getting something. So, you know, I'll have a month or something of getting better, improving, you know, pressure off, and then straight back into it if I can, over there in the U.S. Cool, man. So, Vegas, clearly that would that would be the ideal fight for you, New York. I mean, which, which, which state, which venue uh, would be most important for you to compete in in your career at this point? Uh, anywhere in America. I think just, uh, you know, I just need to start a... Uh, branching out and start getting the name out there, you know what I mean? So uh, a few people tuned into the card, so there was a few people that had never seen me before that got to watch me fight. I'm my last fight and no impressed, but, you know, I want, I want more eyes over there on me, so getting the video cards over there in America would be, would be good. You, you kind of transitioned to my next question perfectly here. You got a huge oh. reaction from the crowd, uh, obviously, you know, the, the Aussie fans. Um, but, you know, the UFC might try to build you a bit more over there. I mean, do you think that's a possibility, or, or are you looking to just broaden horizons from this point on, and do you think the UFC recognizes that marketability that you have? Yeah, I think, yeah, they definitely, they definitely know I'm the, I can go find them. We're already in Tulsa, they know that we want to fight over there in America, and they're happy to jump on board. So, uh, you'll be seeing me over there, that's for sure. But, you know, nothing's being thrown out there right just yet. But, you know, we'll definitely be over there. But, you know, they're going to, I'm sure that they'll start to um, really market me a bit more and get things going. Because, again, 4 and on the UFC, haven't lost a round. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's looking good. It's looking promising for me. So, 
Well, I think everyone understands that and everyone's going to jump on the hop train. Yeah, I agree with you, man, and I've, I've told you many times uh, in, our, in our conversations that I, that I do think you deserve that push, and uh, you are very marketable, especially uh, at a, to contrast the, the uh, era of trash talk that we're in right now. It, it's always good to have, have a baby face in that crowd as well. Uh, but to stay on the, the yeah, Aussie yeah, fans here for a moment, what, what was up with that boot-chugging thing? Like, out of that guy's shoe? Uh, I believe it was uh, <laughs> Tiavasa. Th- yeah, the shoe. Yeah, we call, we call them shoeies. Uh, yeah, it's just, man, honestly, the, like, like he said, it's an everyday thing here in, in Australia. So uh, I actually thought it did everywhere in the, in the world now. But, mate, there's not a, there's not a, a party or a, or a festival or even a nightclub where there's not a shoe. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Every, every time. So, well, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad he's done it because now people uh, know what it is. I'm really, really good at it. I remember Post Malone done a concert and he done a show, you know. He must have got the, he must have got, uh, you know, found out uh, what, what it's all about. And yeah, he had his own shoe or someone's shoe and it's going to be at one of his concerts. So, yeah, he yeah, got, he it's got starting to get out there now. So, the shoey. Wow, that is amazing. The shoey. That is too funny. And uh, ju- just to stay on the card for a moment, what did you think of the eye gouging from um, Lee, uh, what is it, Ling Jiang there? That was pretty crazy. Yeah, what were your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, that was, uh, that was savage. That wasn't just a little eye poke. That was literally, let's look his freaking eye out. I couldn't believe that. And uh, well, it was funny because the ref even like, oh, yeah, like, pulled up. I could see him doing it. But whether he just thought he was just trying to out Mate, I think he knew exactly what that was and, and exactly what he was doing. So that was, that was dirty, man. That was, that was pretty dirty. Yeah, that's. Uh, that but was, I mean, you know, when you go ahead. when you're in a deep submission, lose in a submission, wasn't it? Yeah, was yeah, getting, he had a guillotine. Jake had a guillotine yeah. on him. Yeah, maybe you know what I mean. Like you're desperate, you know, you start to get desperate, start to So I guess that's all right, but it's not really all right. It's pretty dirty, but you know, yeah. at least it wasn't him on top, ground and pound, and then you start to get a good eye gouge. Well, you know, the defense, uh, I, I had said it. I had said it at that point in the card. You know, it seems like the UFC can't manage to get through an event without some kind of controversy, and that that card was doing all right up until that point. I said, "Oh, there it is." But uh, yeah. man, I, I definitely think there should have been something done by the referee there. Uh, one of those kind of jaw-dropping fouls that, that that we've seen in recent years. But listen, man, you've been more than generous with your time as always. Great conversation. Always enjoy speaking with you. Um, I guess before we wrap things up here, who's next on the bad guy bashing tour? If you got to handpick somebody, would it be Stevens or would it be somebody else? Probably uh, Andre Feely. He'd be back and he'd probably get fucked myself. So I want him. Okay. <laughs> all right, so Andre Feely would be. And uh, what can all the uh, Alexander the Great fans expect from you in 2018? How many times are you going to compete? And uh, will you be in the top five before the end of the year? to it. 
I also look forward to the Game of Thrones music hitting that that arena once yeah. again, and you coming out to, to to lay the smackdown on somebody again. Greatly appreciate the time, my brother. Hope we can catch up again soon. You have a wonderful morning uh, across the globe. No worries. Thanks for having me, champ. So there you have it, folks. Like I called him, the Aussie bashing machine, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Uh, again, my apologies with the audio issues there, but th- this is something we, we need to work around, and we get there. We continuously improve, and like I said, there's some really cool things on the horizon with BJPen.com, which I cannot talk about, but uh, you know what it is. Great convo with him. Can't say enough about the guy. Bright future. Uh, and again, you you heard us talk about the athleticism there. Given his background in rugby, where he comes from as an athlete, what he brings to the cage as far as pace and cardio goes is going to be very difficult for anybody to deal with. Uh, so I, I really hope that he gets a top 15 guy in featherweight moving forward uh, and he can really show his skills. You heard him talk about there. He's not even had an opportunity to show his striking off. So very cool stuff. Greatly appreciate the conversation with Alex. Coming up next, we talked about it a bit. Contract issues, new management, was possibly going to retire, but within all of this, opened a gym and now has some supplemental income. Could have been a blessing in disguise. We'll see when he finally fights Cajun Johnson in London. Stevie, the Braveheart. Ray. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the Braveheart himself, Stevie Ray. What's going on, brother? I know you've had a pretty crazy 2018, but aside from all the stuff that we'll get to in a moment, how is life treating you right now? Uh, yeah, life's really good now. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've started uh, coaching my own kind of place. Got a little place, Braveheart MMA. Um, so I'm really enjoying coaching there. And obviously, yeah, now I've got my contract. So um, over the moon with that as well. Awesome, man. Um, so t- yeah, t- t- tell me about the coaching thing. I mean, was this something that you were uh, kind of planning to do when, when you thought things weren't might not go well with the contract negotiations? Yeah, well, it was always something I wanted to do. Uh, I always thought about doing it like after after my fighting career but um the whole the whole limbo thing with the ufc even though it was horrible it's i'm like it taught me some things while I've, i was in limbo like it's kind of taught me the fight game can be up and down uh you can be on top of the world one fight and then uh way down in, in the dark at the next fight so especially because i fight fought out my contract as well um it kind of made me realise like fighting isn't going to be here forever. Um, whereas coaching, I could obviously coach for a lot longer than I can fight, um, and it's probably better to to kind of build the momentum and stuff during the fight period. Um, so yeah, um, I went ahead and started that because I wasn't sure what was happening with the the kind of fighting career side of things. Um, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep fighting if it wasn't in the UFC. Yeah. Uh, 
depending on what was on offer and stuff, I did get some offers elsewhere. Uh, so yeah, I thought, you know what, I, I couldn't wait around forever just just training and not, not making an income. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it, start my own gym. Uh, so yeah, I've started that and to be honest, it's just really took off, it's really busy. Um, I've literally just finished a striking and wrestling class tonight. Uh, there's been like over 20 guys in. Um, and for the place that I've got, it's, it's no the biggest place. So, um, yeah, it's just great. There's a great Blessing. buzz, great bunch of guys. Blessing in disguise. Yeah, that's it. So now now that I've got the fight and, and the gym, um, I've got a great bunch of guys that have been in for the last few months. So I've got guys covered in the classes, so I'm still able to get over and get my sparring with the good guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's all, it's all good now. Good, man. Well, first off, i got to congratulate you for, for opening a gym. That That's uh, not, no easy task, nor is running one. And uh, props to you for, for, you know, planning on your future, man. Not a lot of fighters. I think we're seeing more and more of that today, but for the longest time, not a lot of fighters had any plan for life outside of fighting. So it sounds like a, not only a blessing in disguise, but a, but a big lesson learned for you as you were talking about there. Um, but, you know, so I've talked about it on the show many times. A lot of guys talk about how uh, tr- coaching evolves themselves as a martial artist. You know what I mean? Uh, actually teaching uh, helps them develop their own technique and, and broaden their own game. Is that something that you're finding now? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say as well. Like, now that I'm teaching some of the techniques that's been taught to me, I'm actually learning them better because I'm having to think about it more. Uh, whereas sometimes before when you're just learning the techniques, you're not actually taking it in as much. But when you're teaching it, you're totally, it's like you're re-drilling it in your head um, and you're going over it that little bit more. So, yeah, every time I'm teaching something, I'm basically drilling it in my head as well, how to do it completely correct and and uh, yeah i feel like coaching's kind of brought on my technical development cool man well very good to hear and again congratulations so it has been a very crazy few months for you without question talk to us about the uh, decision to play hardball with the ufc fight out the contract and uh try to negotiate from there yeah well basically that was you know i was with another management team um and as you know like kind of management always are kind of well I'm in control but management are there to advise you and keep you right so I was advised by my management it was the best idea to file my contract I did get offered a contract from the UFC but my management felt that we were worth more and so we decided to fight out the contract um, but I didn't ever realise fighting out the contract was kind of risking my job I just thought I was risking the price and the contract. So I thought I thought by fighting out my contract, I'm going to get a contract straight away, um, but just not as good money. And maybe even a little bit less money than the one they had offered. And that was the gamble I was willing to take. Uh, you know, if I lose to Felder, I get a little bit more, less money, sorry, than the one they've just offered me. And if I win, then we get the money we're asking for. So... I felt it was a good kind of decision to do that. But, you know, that was obviously my management telling me this. Uh, if I knew that I would be in limbo and possibly not have a, a job 
and my career would be down the path, then no way would I have fought out my contract. Because it was never a case, like, I've made it clear I wanted to stay with the UFC. It was never a case that I was trying to threaten to go elsewhere. So, yeah, it was, oh, it's been such a, such an experience the past few months, but yeah. it's kind of been a, it's been a real kind of learning one, like you said, I've, uh, I've took a few positives from it. So you mentioned that uh, you were offered, you had other fight offers or other promotional offers. I mean, they yep. they were not in the range of what you, what you wanted financially either. Uh, well, to be honest, ACB actually offered me a really good financially good contract, not as good as the one I've just been given from the UFC. So, um, I was at the stage just before the UFC signed. Uh, gave me like just before I got the the new UFC one. I was close to obviously signing where ACB were another because you know I'd been given an offer. I wasn't sure what was happening with the UFC and and it was becoming to that stage where I was like I'm maybe gonna have to take this. But I've got a new management um, and you know since I've signed with uh, Ali Abdelaziz at Dominance MMA management, like oh he's he's just made me feel way better whatever and he takes control of stuff and and he's advised me and been there for me when i was in the dark and stuff so yeah, yeah. you know that he's uh he's, he's one of the managers that you know might catch a little criticism for for being vocal online but i mean i think i think he's one of the greats in the business and he certainly gets a lot of respect represents some of the best in the business as well um but to tell me a little bit about like the transition over with him. I mean, it must have been immediate once you started working with him that negotiations softened up and, and it seemed like you were going to come back to the UFC. Yeah, well, as soon as I started speaking to Ali, to be honest, I just started feeling a hundred times better. Um, like he even said that he wasn't sure if he can sign me uh, as a fighter because he had so many other fighters, but he was willing to still help me. Um, so that just shows that, you know, he is a good guy and uh, he was willing to help me even if he was, he was going to get nothing out of it just because of the situation I was in. And then we kind of grew a bit closer and we were speaking back and forth. He was making me feel mentally way better uh, and just almost trying to stay positive. He, he kept uh, kind of be positive. I think the UFC are going to offer you a fight for London. Um yeah, and then even when I, I got offered the other deal, you know, he, he he was right. He said, you know, I think the UFC are going to offer you something. And, and uh, yeah, he was there for me. Um, and then it also probably helped that it was one of his fighters that got injured. So you could say that if I never signed with him, then this opportunity might not have came up. Came. Yeah. Because, yeah. because he, he also manages Rustam uh, that got injured. So Ali was able to he was able to go to Sean and basically rectify the the problem before it was even out. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it sounds like through all of the struggle and, and the uncertainty of what possibly could have happened, it has all worked out. It's all past you, and and things are things are looking bright for the future. Now. Yeah, that's it. Um, I started coaching, and when when I started coaching, I I'm going to be honest, I didn't, I wasn't enjoying it to start with. Going from just training full time, just training and doing nothing, training uh, to taking on this new gym and uh, coaching, it was tough. But 
I'm actually really enjoying it now. Um, and even even during fight camp, I'm still taking you know two nights a week where I'm coaching. Um, like I said, I've got a great bunch of guys in the gym, so I'm able to get the, the important days covered where I can get over in my gym and make sure I'm getting the good sparring in with, with some of my teammates and stuff. Yeah. Uh, now, so yeah, I've just got that great balance. Sorry. Good, man. Very good. Very good. But just to stay on the negotiations thing here for a moment, uh, when you had made the announcement, you know, some people in the media and the fans alike, some of them felt like your statement kind of seemed like you got backed into a corner but speaking to you now that, that it seems like that was not the case whatsoever you were you took on new management and things worked out it wasn't like you were backed into a corner took a took a much lesser offer to to get back into the UFC no that's it the UFC offered me the same contract that they initially offered me so well, that's and that, that that is one thing when I was speaking to Sean that is one thing Sean told me he says I'm happy to offer you the same contract that was initially offered if and when we re-sign you. So he stuck to his word. Um, so yeah, I basically signed the the offer that I initially rejected. Um, which was, to be honest, it's a really good contract anyway. Um, but just of back then when I was with the other management, they made me believe that it was worth more. Maybe I was, if obviously, if I got the win. But it never worked out, and uh, but yeah, it's all worked out now. Well, initially, I know initially this was this was a financial thing. Your former management team said that that you would be able to get more money. All in all, though, you are happy with this contract. You're happy with the pay, and happy to be back. Yeah, that's it. I'm happy with the with the money. Um, I, I'm still always going to be chasing the bonus. Uh, right. You know. Um, but yeah, I mean. If I win three fights, if I go three and oh, I'm then in a much better position. I mean, I'm always chasing for that better money again. Um, it's not quite anything to what some of the top guys are on, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but it's a good contract. Um, so, well, yeah. That's good, man. That's good. I know a lot of people were kind of comparing this to another instance where you know, everybody's been talking about needing uh, uh, collective bargaining for you guys, for all of you athletes in combat sports. Uh, th- a lot of people were comparing your situation to a situation that, that you know, would, would call for something like this. Uh, would you agree with that, or do you think this was just an instance of uh, needing better management, or do you think that UFC fighters should have a union or, or get together to collectively bargain with the company? Uh, to be honest, I do feel like there is some, like, my opponent's actually one of the big people that are on that. Yep. <laughs> Cajun, he spoke out loudly and stuff. You know what? It's it's one of those ones where you need to watch what you're saying um, because, you know, it's a big company and, and little guys like us, little fish, we can easily be replaced and stuff. So everybody's got to be careful with what they say. I do agree with some of the stuff that Cajun and other fighters have said. Like, I do think that, for example, in the EA Sports, um, the game, the UFC 3, I do feel like we maybe should all be getting a cut from that if you're in the game and, and they're making money off you. You know, like I, I read some statistics saying that 1.6 million copies of UFC 2, UFC 2 were sold. So if that's forty pound a game, then there's a uh, there's like what nearly sixty million dollars right. uh, or sixty million pounds, sorry, that's going out. And I feel like yeah, 
maybe the fighters should get a bit of a cut from it. It's still cool being in a game, but yeah, it's, it's better if you're getting a little bit of money as well. <laughs> right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was tough, the whole Reebok deal, um, trying to figure out, you know, who gets the more money and stuff. Uh, I, I could understand it, but you know what? I'm happy with the contract I've been given. Um, it's good money. Everybody's always going to be chasing for more money, but um, you got to go in there and put people away and make a statement and and uh, to to work your way to the top. But I'm sure I'm sure that big payday and the good money will come if you're worth it. Right, right. Well, so, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, and that's what's made me realise it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't really matter what your record is or how many fights you've won. It's about how entertaining you are. It's an entertainment business, so um, the UFC will pay you the right money if people are wanting to watch you fight. Um, regardless of your record, if you go in and you bang or or people want to watch you because the way you talk. So I'm definitely going to be, I'm still going to be humble, but I'm going to be opening my mouth a bit more, calling people out. And, uh, well, I think, I think for me, man, the, the sport is all about personalities and I know we've entered that era of trash talk. I've talked about it a lot on my show. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, I think that if you're just yourself, man, and you have good performances and, uh, you know, like I said, there's so many personalities that, that people gravitate towards and so many interesting personalities in this sport, more so than any other, in my opinion. So while I understand what you're saying, man, you know, trash talk is funny. Uh, calling people out, I mean, that's all a necessary part of the game, but... I would also yep. say, man, you know, stick to your guns and, and be who you are. But um... yeah, that's it. You can't really fake it. I mean, uh, you did, that's the one thing you didn't want to do. There's a couple of fighters that's came in the game and tried to fake it. And uh, if, you know, if if you're a trash talker like McGregor, then it comes natural and it looks good. But if you're not like that and you try and act like it, then you look like a you look dumb. You look yeah, stupid. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Many I feel people like there is a bit of trash. That, but. I feel like there is a bit of trash talk in me, and I have wanted to call people out, but I've just held back sometimes and been a bit humble. And so yeah, I'll, I'll just speak my mind a little bit more. Uh, and yeah, I got caught off Felder. Uh, he's now fighting Ali Quinta, which is a top ten. He's in the top ten, I'm sure. He's tenth. Um, so yeah, I just need to get back in winning ways. Get back to winning ways, and then. Uh, keep working my way to the top absolutely man so you know we talked about the the collective bargaining you segued into cajun johnson perfectly that's kind of why i wanted to bring that stuff up uh but in regards to cajun as an opponent technical skill versus technical skill how do you how do you like the matchup and what do you think of uh his abilities versus yours yeah i think it's a uh, it's interesting uh i've trained with cajun before uh because you know, I used to go to TriStar. I've not been in there in a while. Um, so I think it's been over two years since I've actually been in TriStar. Um, but the start of my UFC career, you know, I was going to TriStar for like half my camps and stuff. So we've done some stuff together. Uh, it's been a while, but yeah. Um, he likes to strike. Uh, he he kind of uses a lot of footwork, almost runs a bit and lunges in. Uh so yeah, I think that I think it works well with my style. I like coming forward and coming to bang. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Uh, hopefully, a good one for the fans. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it was a great matchup, and and uh, obviously props to you for taking a fight on on short notice like that. Uh, you know, given the circumstances, I'm sure there was no hesitation to do so. But are you comfortable with the amount of time you have to prepare for a guy like Agent? Well, yeah, that's uh, I've been preparing for the last five weeks anyway. So, um, I was I was training for UFC London, just hoping that something would come up. Um, so I know it's not really the same because you've not actually got an opponent, but I was fighting as if I did have an opponent. Right. Tra- sorry, training as if I did have an opponent. Um, and yeah, now, now I've got I've got one. So now it's I've only got a short amount of time to actually train for him. But that's the same with me. Like he was training for Rostam, that's an orthodox and more of a wrestler. Uh, now he's fighting a, a southpaw. That's that's a. Uh, he doesn't know what I'm going to do. So, um, so yeah, it's different for him as well. He was training for for a fight that isn't there, and I was training for a fight that wasn't there either. Now we've got a fight. But when it comes to like cardio and all that stuff, I'm going to be ready. My weight's good. I've been training for the last five weeks. Um, still just under four weeks to go, and I'm feeling good. Very good, man. So, I mean, given the Project Spearhead project that, that he that he has going on with with uh leslie smith um i'm wondering if you know anything about it and what do you think of the irony of you know him starting this getting involved in this movement and you going through these contract negotiations stuff like this issue and now you two are fighting how strange is that yeah um well to be honest i was never really as you know i just took some advice from my management it was never a threat to leave the ufc it was just a case of my management asked for a little bit more money and I thought that if I won my fight, I was getting that money. And if I didn't win the fight, then I'd just get a little bit less. But obviously that, was, that wasn't that was the case. I almost lost my career due to it. Right. Um, but like I said, I see Cajun's point, uh, but he's got to be careful because, I mean, even though he's on a free fight win streak, if he's still winning and doing well, when he's fought out his contract and if he's still being this persistent, the UFC can easily... If people aren't, if he hasn't got that much of a big fan base, and people aren't that bothered, the UFC could probably easily replace him, um, and then he'll be the kind of one that's uh, no laughing in the end. Right. So, um, so, so all I, that considered, I, I mean, everything that you've been through, the 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 angle that you're looking at the situation with with uh, Cajun and and the Project Spearhead. I mean, what kind of advice would you give to up and coming guys? Uh, about when it comes to contract negotiations with the UFC and possibly unionizing, I know you're saying that you know if you're too much of a loudmouth, say the wrong thing, you're you're gonna face the axe. But I mean, what 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 advice would you give to these young guys? Uh, the young guys, I would I would advise any young guys to get a good management for one, um, someone you trust, uh, someone that's got a good kind of CV, um, and secondly, if you want to get paid good money, then go on and make make a statement, show your value, go in and knock guys out, go in and submit guys, go in and show um, that, and even if you're not doing that, you're trying to do it. Um, like, or, you know, didn't pick fights either. I, I've never ever picked a fight and I've always accepted any any fight I've ever been given. I'm willing to fight anybody, anytime, any weight. Uh, yeah, and I think that's just the way you've got to be. The UFC give you someone, you do it. Um, and if you want to get paid good money, you've got to 
put on good performances. I feel like the only really guys that can really make a difference on the union thing and stuff is like somebody that they're like a McGregor, a Diaz, yeah, these kind of guys. GSP McGregor, yeah, you're absolutely yep. correct. Exactly. It would, it would take the big names making that happen, but wisely the UFC pays them the big money. So <laughs> exactly. So that's exactly. So they have nothing to complain about. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a catch twenty two. But they they even say that they feel uh, that they're not getting paid what they're worth either. I've heard like I'm sure McGregor has said that you know he gets good money and stuff, but he still feels like they're not even getting paid as much as they should be. So yeah. Um, well, I've talked about it a lot. I would like the Ali Act to, to cover you guys. I mean, once that once that happens, if it does happen, I think that'll be a big deal and and open the door for all of you athletes to to not only get better paychecks but to have more options as fighters as well um but listen man i know we've we've taken up a lot of time here i don't want to take up too much more of your time uh getting back to cajun man give us your prediction for the play how do you visualize it playing out and uh how do you see the the outcome going like are you going to get a finish uh with the ko submission how do you see it going Eh, to be honest uh, i'm coming in here to make a statement not just to Cajun or fans or whatever to the UFC you know after after that whole limbo I'm coming in here to you know Cajun's a good guy and he's a friend and whatever but I'm going in there to to try and take his head off um you know a fight's a fight I'm going in there to try and finish it as quick as possible if it goes three rounds it goes three rounds I don't really like making predictions because anything can happen but I'm going to be going in there looking for a finish or looking to win in a kind of devastating way. Um, and yeah, the, the the whole thing, sorry, just one last thing about the, the one thing I would like to see a change from the, like the whole UFC thing, the union thing is, I think the biggest problem is uh, getting, only getting, like, because you get, you do get good money. We all get pretty good money. Um, but it's only when you fight. Uh so I, I'd like that one part to change. Maybe starting, like maybe they could have used the Reebok sponsor, and maybe like some money from EA Sports and stuff like that to pay the guys on a monthly basis, and so that you know if you're not fighting because you're injured, then at least you're still getting a little bit of a paycheck in in the bank. Right. Because um, that's the more <laughs> stressful part. I mean, if you get injured and you can't fight. You probably can't work either because you're injured, um, and it leaves you in a bit of a situation. So that's the one part I'd like to maybe see uh, get changed from the UFC. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of talk of a supplemental income and and all of the damage yep. that that the Reebok deal did. I mean, a lot of guys were getting that income through other means when they weren't fighting, and uh, like you said, man, uh, you might get a fat paycheck when you fight, but at the end of the day. Um, yeah, because that's, that's the one thing I would like to see change, if anything, from the UFC. Just the fighters getting a little bit of money uh, on a weekly or monthly basis just to, just in case you did get injured or, um, you know, you can't fight or you're just not fighting because, you know, uh, I think there's certain people that even want to fight but they've, they've not got fights because there's that many fighters on the roster trying to get everybody in mm. and keep everyone happy, so... That would be cool if, if they can eventually sort something out like that so we're getting some sort of money uh, every now and again instead of just when you're fighting. Yeah. 
So, well, I, I agree. I agree with a lot of what you said, man, and I hope that something does change and uh, the Ali Act begins to represent you guys. And I've said that, it all along, a- you know, what, what you guys do when you go out there, put your health and your safety on the line for the entertainment of the rest of us, uh, th- you deserve good compensation for that and to be well taken care of and live comfortably without question. So, yep. uh, but listen, man, what, uh, what do you think of competing, uh, in the O2? Uh, you know, you must be, uh, I know you said, you said you were campaigning for this fight in, in the UK. You must be very happy to go out there and compete in front of all the uh, UK fans. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the last time I fought in London was before the UFC. I've never competed in the UFC in London. Um, the last time I think, um, was when I fought Kurt Warburton just before the the UFC. It was the trilogy fight. Um, I, I beat Kurt Warburton, uh, defending my Cage Warriors world title. Uh, yeah, and I loved it. Um, I've also I also won the Cage Warriors title there as well in a four man tournament. So London's been a good experience for me. The uh, few times I've fought there, I think I'm maybe on in London. So let's. Let's look at keeping that going. Yeah. <laughs> right. So all in all, man, good stuff that everything's settled. You're, you're, you've got a contract. You're back in the UFC. Come in to fight in a familiar place. Almost a homecoming, if you would. Yeah, that's it. And I've even managed to, you know, set something up with the Braveheart MMA, my little club that I've got going. And that kind of helps the whole thing we were speaking about as well, you know, getting some sort of money coming in every week or every month. Now I'm getting money in from coaching. Um every week or month so I, and then if I did get injured I can still get a coach as well so for sure man for yeah. sure yeah that's cool well at the end of the day brother I'm happy for you I'm glad it's all worked out I certainly look forward to the fight coming up with Cajun um, and, and all that the future has in store I guess to in conclusion man tell all the fans what they can expect come fight night and uh, how many times would you like to compete this year uh, I'd like to i like to stay busy um I'd like to fight three between three and four times between now and uh, next summer. So maybe three between now and next March, and got another one before the summer. So maybe four times. Uh, stay active and yeah, try and win them all. And then, like I said, I, I signed a four-fight contract. So if I can fight three fights and win three of them, then not fight in my contract this time. Uh, get a good con- get a good contract uh, another good contract from the UFC especially if I win all three fights um, in devastating fashion as well so yeah that's, that's, that's the goal just uh, get, get those fights under the belt and try and get the wins keep moving forward man well again that's congratulations it, on opening the gym very happy about the, the contract issues being cleared up and uh, very much so looking forward to the fight. Uh, before we let you go, anything you, any shout-outs you'd like to get in or uh, maybe plug the uh, the location and uh, how to get in touch with you guys for Braveheart Academy? Uh, yeah, just thanks to everyone that was there for me during the kind of time that I was really low. Uh, thanks to Ali, my manager, uh, all my, you know, my coach, my family, friends and fans, my couple of sponsors, uh, Seconds Outstore in Edinburgh, uh, always been good to me, giving me all my all the best of gear. Um, and Flora Fusion just signed a new CBD oil uh, sponsor with them. Uh, yeah, thanks to Arena Gym who I'm running my 
my club out of. Um, thanks to them and Kirkcaldy. Uh, I think that's it. All right, thanks man. to thanks to you for having me on, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. Anytime. Hopefully, we can catch up after a big win. Greatly appreciated, as always. I know we I know we went pretty long here, but it was a good conversation. So, thank you very much for that, and you have a wonderful evening, man. You too, man. Thank you. All right, brother. All right. Speak to you later, man. Later. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, folks. Very interesting stuff. The way this all played out for Stevie Ray. Uh, Got to give him a lot of props for persevering through all of it, making something for himself out of what was pretty much a bad a bad situation for quite some time there. But it's all been resolved. It's all behind him. He looks forward. Going to fight Cajun Johnson coming up here in London. Um, I want to say that is March. Don't quote me. Beginning of March. Anyway, uh, great convo with him. When he was talking about the supplemental income and talking about uh, opening the gym, I mean, that always strikes a chord with me. You guys have heard me talk about it for quite some time on this show. The Ali Act should cover MMA athletes, and uh, these guys should have better bargaining rights when it comes to working with these big, big promotions. And, uh, you know, the, the Reebok deal, all of these things have hurt fighters' pockets. And, uh, you know, financially, this guy was on the cusp of giving up. And it it is all worked out for him. Very cool stuff. Very happy for him. Looking forward to this fight uh, coming up with Cajun Johnson. So let's keep it moving. Third guest of the evening. Swedish kickboxing star. All-around badass. 4-0 in the UFC. Very promising guy as well. David Timer. Tamer, David Tamer, sorry about that guys, (laughs) it's one or the other, anyway, first time speaking with him, first time having him on the show, very cool stuff, great conversation, Uh, again, this guy was kind of out in the woods in Sweden, so uh, we did have a bit of a connection issue, but nonetheless, I'm sure you guys will enjoy it, BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice, I'm your host Jay Kinch, coming up next, David Tamer. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show, undefeated in the UFC's lightweight division, and one of Europe's, Europe's hottest prospects at, at this point in time. Of course, I'm talking about David Tamer. David, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining us tonight. How is life in Sweden this evening? Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy to be in the radio. Uh, I'm in Sweden right now. Yeah, it's uh, the weather is a little bit cold here, so uh, it's snowing outside. Uh, so otherwise everything is good here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I'm yeah. from, uh, I'm from the Northeast in, uh, in, in the States and, and it is winter time here, obviously it's been a very mild one, but believe it or not, man, today is like 60 something degrees. I could not believe it. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, putting in some good work in the gym, I'd imagine, uh, you know, getting in those reps on the day to day. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, you mean if I have trained today? Yes, yes. I did, yes, yes. Uh, honestly, today I was uh, I had a, I was uh, going just take a run like a forty-five minutes, just physical running, 
yesterday I was in the gym hitting the pads and the, like doing some good wrestling so I combination my training combine my training so every single day it's I do something different very good very good man so listen we haven't seen you in action since the uh, Drocker Klaus fight that was back in December what's the good word man I heard you uh, might have some fight news coming up care to give us the scoop on that Yes, yes, yes. I was supposed to. We was talking about the the UFC New Jersey. I was supposed to fight against uh, Jim Miller, but uh, honestly, I get the answer yesterday. But the the he's not he's not gonna gonna fight it. So uh, yeah, so the the fight is not gonna be. And uh, yeah, let's see what's coming up next. Really? So initially, initially you were supposed to fight Jim Miller in New Jersey. Uh, which card was that? Was that a was that a fight night or a, was that a pay per view? Yeah, it was a fight night. I think yeah, it was a fight night. Yes. So he he's just not ready to compete, or he he just did not want to fight with you. Yeah, exactly. I, I that that times I don't know, but I think that. He don't want to, I don't know, he he pushed it out. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, that's a shame, man, an absolute shame. So at this point, you've got you've got no opponent. Are you still looking to compete on that card? Is, is that the event that you'd like to be a part of? Right now, uh, I don't have any fight plans yet. Uh, but I, I'm like... Uh, I'm ready to go, you know. I'm like uh, undefeated in the UFC, and uh, like I'm four and zero. So uh, yeah, yeah, only makes sense, man. I understand you're probably itching to get back in there and continue to climb the ranks. You've had an amazing career so far in the UFC. Uh, so I mean, at this point in time, if it looks like nothing scheduled. You know, how long are you willing to wait? I mean, what's the ideal time frame for you to get back into action? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm hungry, you know. I, I want to fight. Like, uh, I can fight tomorrow if you want. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm training. I'm training like every day. So, uh, I'm staying focused. I'm training. And, uh yeah, let's see what's coming up next. So now I, I know that uh, New Jersey is going to be, I mean, the fight against Jim Miller. But uh, let's see what the UFC, maybe they have uh, other opponents for me, uh, other plans. So so let's see. I'm, I'm training. I'm, I do my training. And uh, yeah, uh, let's see what's, what's coming up next. Well, I certainly hope something gets announced for you soon. I know that was uh, that that card was going to be the end of April, right? Yes, uh, in the end of April. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we got some. We got some. I think it's going to be other other uh, other uh, opportunity. Uh, they got some. I, I will get. I will get the news soon uh, about my next upcoming fight. Now, so, are you? Do you think you're going to get a, maybe a top fifteen guy or or somebody with a with a with a notable uh, reputation in the sport to to help build you up to that top fifteen fight that you're looking for? 
I mean, like, uh, I, I, I want, I want to come to the top, you know. So uh, I'm like, uh, I deserve, I deserve uh, to be in the in the top, you know. Uh, I want, I deserve a top, top at least now, top 15 guy. Uh, so uh, let's see what the what UFC has to bring to the table. Uh, but of course, I, de- I deserve a top 15 guy. Yeah. Well, I ser- I would certainly agree with you. I mean, just just going four and zero in the lightweight division, it is one of the toughest divisions, if not the toughest division, in all of mixed martial arts. Uh, so I would certainly agree with you. And and your kickboxing skills, man, all the things that you've displayed uh, so far in in your career in the UFC, very impressive stuff. You know, that's something I wanted to ask you about. Uh, give us your thoughts on your kickboxing skills versus the rest of the division. And you know, do you see anybody that's uh, that proficient? In striking as you are uh, in the division right now, I mean, like uh, I've been do, I have do kickboxing for many years. Me and my brother the Daniel, so we are well known in the, in the striking world. Uh, so uh, I got a good of good experience. Uh, I'm like, I mean, like nobody can 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 stand. I mean, like in. Uh, uh, do you hear me? Yep, yep, I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, but I mean, I, mean like, I got good, good experience in the standing up, and uh, I deserved. Uh, I am in the, in the in the top in the world. You know, my my striking level, and uh, yeah, you know, I'm like nobody can. Like, how can I say? Like. Uh, Staying in front of me and uh, and striking with me, uh, my my striking level is, is is good, and also my 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 wrestling and all this, you know. So I am always when I'm that in that octagon, uh, like I, I I give and I put the best show ever to the all the crowd and people. So uh, something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I would totally agree with you, man. Your uh, your performances have been awesome. I mean, just 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 the fight with Lando and Venada. I think that was a really big uh, coming out party, if you will, for you. Uh, you really put yourself on the map there with a lot a lot of the casual fans that might not be too familiar with you. Um, but tell us about your evolution into mixed martial arts and how the All Stars Gym in Sweden. How has that helped you evolve into the sport and start to learn those other facets of mixed martial arts? Yeah, I mean, like uh, we are a, we are a good team over there. Uh, it's like uh, my teammate this Saturday is gonna fight one of them, like Ili Latifi. Uh, he's gonna fight against Ovier Santrucks in, the, in, the, in the Orlando UFC. In Orlando, you know that uh, that event, and also we have like Alexander Gustafsson, and we have a lot of guys, you know, good guys in the gym. So we are like helping each other, and we are groaning, and we we training hard every day. So I have good guys. Uh, you know, around me. So yeah, my 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 MMA is 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 really good. It's uh, top level in the world. Yeah, that that's got to be one of the best gyms in all of Europe right now. Like you said, Alexander Gustafsson, uh, uh, Alir Latifi, uh, Jimmy Manuwa trains there as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy is also. We was training yesterday together, so yeah, we, we we are good guys over here, you know. So we we are uh, we are a good 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 team together. 
be helping each other every day. Talk to us a little bit about that. You know, the, the evolution of mixed martial arts in Europe, uh, it seems to be gaining a lot of steam in that region of the world, uh, as obviously you know, with, with all the cards coming there and all of the, the talent coming out of Europe right now. Talk to us a bit about, uh, you know, what you've seen in your own personal life as far as the popularity of mixed martial arts goes in that region over the past few years. I mean, like MMA, the, the, the MMA, UFC is growing every day. You know, people, people all around, uh, they are talking about, you know, the the people in the suit, you know, the the, the young boys in the in the hood, you know, everybody they are talking about the the UFC, the MMA. So, so for me, it's, it's the biggest sport in the whole world, you know. So pe- before, people was like training football all this but now you hear like every day mma ufc so it's something like we do it together like uh, yeah it's, re- it's really fun to see you know Pe- people love it and uh, it's growing every day so yeah in the europe in sweden people know me very well like over here in europe and also now in state because i am fighting a lot there I also been earlier in the Ultimate Fighter. Of course, I mean, like I have the style. People love to see, you know. Uh, since day one, you know, since day one, I started with the mixed martial arts, with the with the mixed martial arts, and with the people always love to see my fight. You know, when people is voting about which fight they like, always, I'm like many years ago. I don't know, like, it's something natural in me. People love to watch my style because yeah, it's come knees, kicks, you know, I mix it up, everything. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, I am keep going on and keep doing doing that I'm best, best on. And, uh, like, I'm not, I didn't came, like, in, about the UFC. I I I was I said that first day like I'm I'm not like the type of guy that just gonna be happy to be in the in the UFC you know it just take a, a part like I'm gonna go into the UFC and I'm gonna go the whole wo- on the whole way to the belt all the way to the belt so so that, that that that's my goal so soon you're gonna see the whole world gonna gonna know. Me. Yeah, well, like I said earlier, man, I, I think that your style speaks for itself, and it's something that, that all MMA fans uh, can certainly get behind. But something completely off-topic here for a moment. Uh, <laughs> is that really your nickname, man? How the hell did you get the nickname, The Underwear Man? Uh, that was from the Ultimate Fighter 22. I don't know if you have seen it yet, but you, you, have, you have to see it. You know, it was the. Do you remember when about this about the Cody and all this when we was in the house and we was talk like yeah arguing about uh, when Connor and uh, when Cody said told him like what you gonna do and they standing up and push him. Do you remember that? Uh, did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that confrontation. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, like, when, when I was there, so I was telling, like, you know, Cody, he was, like, throwing words, like, la, la, la. But I just like, pushed him because he he, 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 he stand up. He was pushing Connor, and nobody was, like, doing something. And I, I feel like I just can't watch, you know. So I was also getting up, 
So I put him like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Like, something like that. Then he, I don't know, he, the, the, he, the other team, they was doing like words. So I'm like, hey, guys, listen up, everybody. Take care of your underwear. I, I, this, I was calling uh, Cody this. I was, <laughs> listen up, I want to take care of your underwear, otherwise I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so after that, uh, people get crazy. Say, oh, what was that? You know, it was something <laughs> really fun, you know. So, yeah, but all that was, in the end of the day, it was nothing, you know. It was just, uh, like, you know, like, trash talking to each other. Each other. Right, <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah, So, after that day, we had, like, a pool party, so we were hanging out together and have a drink. So, yeah, it was, everything was cool. But <laughs> uh, that, that, that scene, when I was holding, like, the care of underwear, people loved that. So, still today, I'm in the city and walking, and there was, hey, take care of your underwear. Like, people are still remembering that. Remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I got to tell you, man, it's one of one of the uh, funnier nicknames in, in all of mixed martial arts. And I, I hope, uh, you know, whether, whether or not you keep that remains to be seen, but it's definitely entertaining for the time being. Uh, but moving on from there, man, I saw on your Twitter feed that you uh, got a chance to speak with uh, Uel Romero tonight. How did that conversation go? Yeah, it's uh, we are in the same management, first round management. Uh, me and uh, yeah, and uh, we are in the same uh, management. We in the same team, same management. Yeah. So uh, I was talking to my manager, and also Joel Romero was there. So yeah, we was behind him. So he was with him together. Was together. And yeah, we get the phone, and uh, he was like, "I was, I was congratulating him on his win, his last fight." So yeah, we had a good conversation together. So he's a really good guy, and they're really happy. And uh, yeah, we had a nice conversation together. Cool, man. So it was I saw that uh, obviously you were congratulating him, but I, did he give you some advice, maybe some words of inspiration, you know, moving forward in your own career? Not something special like that, but like we, we was like had a good good conversation, and uh, I was like congratulating him on his on his like uh, good fight and uh, like that. So we didn't get like in the, the details tips, you know, the, the about the fighting and stuff like that. So let's see that we're gonna have one day. We're gonna train together. <laughs> When I come down to the States, we're going to, like, sharing techniques together. Yeah. Oh, that'd be very cool. One of the best strikers in the game and one of the best wrestlers by far. I'm sure you guys could exchange a lot of valuable information. Uh, but, you know, you mentioned first-round management, Malki Kawa, Abe Kawa, the Kawa brothers, both really cool guys. We've had a great relationship th- with them here at BJPenn.com. How long have you been with first-round management? Uh, around, like, a whole, like, six months. All year, something like that. It's a couple of months, yeah. Cool. It's it's not uh, it hasn't been a year yet, but yeah, a couple of months, yeah. Cool, so man. they are they are they are really good. They 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 like they have been doing this for a long time, so they have good. They, they know what they are doing, uh, so they are they are really good, and uh, yeah, and I'm happy with them. You know? So uh, yeah, they 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 they, they know they. 
they're really good at what they are doing. Without a doubt, man. Without a doubt, some some of the best in the business for sure. And uh, it's incredibly incredibly important uh, in this day and age to have good management behind you. Yes, that 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 is that's important to to have a good management. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, man. So, how active would you like to be in 2018? How many times would you like to fight this year? This year, I mean, like, uh, I almost like, like around three fights in a year is good. So, three fights this year, you'd be happy. Do you think you'll break into the top ten, uh, top fifteen by the end of 2018? I'm I'm ready to fight. How many fights they give me? But uh, yeah, they always say like three fights for in the UFC, like for UFC fighters. It's like uh, it's like uh, it's, it's good if you have like three fights, you know, because you need time between the fights and the, you know all like all this. So like around three fights. But let's see. I I can say like I'm gonna fight like I can be maybe more or you know. So, but if I fight three fights, it's good. Yeah, I'm happy if I, if I get three fights. Well, I'm certainly whatever, looking forward to what, it. Whatever, whatever it takes to come to the top, you know, I do it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. I'm certainly looking forward to your next outing and all that the future has in store for you. Uh, just a couple more questions before we let you go. You've been more than generous with your time. Uh, I wanted to get your prediction for uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson. How do you see that fight playing out? Khabib and Tony Ferguson. Yeah, Khabib is a, is a, is a, is a good wrestler. He's pressing. Uh, Tony Ferguson, uh, he he's like in the good in the in the ground. Oh, it's a it's it's a it's a, it's a good fight. Uh, and you think who who I think gonna win that fight? Yeah, yeah. How do you see it playing out? Who do you think is gonna co- is gonna come out with the title? Mm, I think Khabib win that fight on points. Yeah, that's a that's an educated uh, that's, decision. That's what I think. Because yeah, Khabib he don't have so much. I mean, like he, he all his fights you have seen it. He have like he don't have so many finishes. You know, all his fights. I don't know. I don't think that it's like okay, entertaining to. To, to, to he he's a good athlete, but he like I can say like his his style it's like uh, he don't it's not maybe the most excited style uh, you know in, in my opportunity I mean like uh, all his fights uh, he he gets the first bonus yeah now after his 24 25 fights yeah I mean after uh I yeah I believe so you 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 might be accurate with that I'd have to double check but. Uh, I know what you mean. He he, do, he does go to the, go to decision quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. the most his fight is to the division, but I think that fight, I think Khabib's gonna win that one point. Okay, uh, I think a lot of people would would agree with you on that, man. So uh, when you look at guys like Khabib and Tony, uh, you know the top ten in the division, the top fifteen. How do you think you match up against these guys right now? Do you think you're currently ready for the elite at one fifty five? I mean, like, uh, I'm, I'm like, how can I say? I'm more, I'm more than ready for that division. You know, it's just a matter of time. Uh, we, we saw Lando Vanata against Tony Ferguson. In my opportunity, 
in my opinion, like uh, Tony uh, Lando Vanata win him. But the thing was, like, he, he, he took that fight in short notice. So he he got, he, he got tired and uh, until he gets choked out, in my opinion, Lando Vanata won that fight. Uh, did, uh, do you agree with me? Do you know? Do you remember that fight? I think I think uh, Lando Venata certainly showed uh, that that he belongs up there as well, and and like I know what you're saying, you know, with a win over him uh, and a fight with Tony, you know, it, when you consider all of that, it, you know, your dis- your win over Lando certainly suggests that you're definitely ready for guys like Tony Ferguson and uh, some of the best guys in the division. I mean, like Lando Venata, I had him as a winner until before he gets choked choked out from uh, Tony Ferguson. You know, before that, he was doing really good performance against him. Like, he was good striking and all this. Yeah, everybody saw that fight. So, uh, yeah, of course, Tony Ferguson won that fight. But before he gets choked out, in my eyes, he was like a, he was a winner before he gets choked out. So, my fight against Lando Manata, everybody saw what happened. Like, uh, uh, we, did a, we did a good dance. People love that fight. That fight gets chosen for the like the the one of the top best fights in the whole 2017. Uh, and uh, I win Lando. So I mean, like, if me and Tony gonna have a matching up one day, and I think that's gonna happen. I hope. So yeah. I mean, like, I gonna people gonna know me. I mean, I, I'm going to do really good performance, and I'm going to win. Well, like you said, man, it's it's only a matter of time before you, you get that respect and admiration and, and notoriety from all of the fans across the globe. I have no doubt that that is on the horizon for you. Certainly looking forward to the fight uh, being announced, some, some kind of opponent, whoever it may be. Definitely looking forward to your next outing. Hopefully we can catch up again before that. Uh, I guess in conclusion, man, what can all the fans expect from you in, in this next fight when it gets announced and for the rest of the year? Uh, I mean, like, soon the world will know that I came, like, to take over this division, my division, Washington 5. No, Robert Dell should, like, tune in and don't blink. Uh, I mean, like, great news is going to come in soon. Uh, for the moment, I'm, I'm on training. And, uh, uh, yeah, people people going to see more of, more of David Tamer. People going to see more of David Tamer. And, uh, yeah. You can, I can update everything on my Instagram, David Tamer, you can see there in Twitter. So, uh, and I also want to reach out to all the fans. Thanks for all your love, your support, all this, you know, it means, it means so much to me, you know. So, I'm really appreciated, you know. Yeah, I'm really grateful. All right, man. Well, like I said, I have no doubt that, that big things are uh, on the horizon for you. Certainly looking forward to the next fight, fight being announced whoever it may be. Uh, greatly, greatly appreciate the time tonight, man. Uh, and again, hopefully we can catch up again soon. Any shout-outs or uh, plugs or any sponsor you'd like to thank before we let you go? Yeah, I want to thank uh, I want to thank uh, my sponsor, Bethard. Uh, it's, my, it's, my, it's my sponsor. Uh, and uh, I want to, you know, thank... Thank, uh, thank the UFC for giving me the opportunity 
in the, in the in my fight. I want to thank the Sean Shelby, Dana White, you know, the whole the whole UFC, and uh, yeah. I mean, like, stay tuned, everybody. Don't blink. <laughs> All right, man. Again, greatly appreciate it. You have a wonderful evening over there across the globe. And uh, hopefully we can catch up again when, once a fight gets announced. Uh, good conversation. It was a pleasure to speak with you tonight, man. Thank you very much, brother. It was uh, my pleasure. And, uh, yeah, have a, good, have a good time over there. Thank you very much. The underwear man, David Tamer. <laughs> what a hilarious nickname. Had to ask about it. Uh, obviously, I missed that portion of the episode on Tough where he became famous for this, but very funny stuff nonetheless. Hopefully, he can get himself a fight soon. 4-0 in the UFC. Incredible striking ability. Bringing all of that into the octagon. Haven't really seen him tested on the ground yet, but certainly something I'm looking forward to, uh, his ability and see how far he can take this. Again, uh, a great combat sports athlete, veteran in that realm, maybe not mixed martial arts, but promising guy, huge in Europe apparently, as he said, and uh, the, the future is very bright for him as well. Let's keep it moving. Final guest of the evening. Winner at UFC Austin. Beating Francisco Trinaldo. An outspoken guy. Very talented guy. You've heard him on the show many times. The Texecutioner himself, James Vick. BJPenn.com Radio. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Coming up next, James Vick. Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show one of the biggest winners from UFC Austin over the weekend, the Texecutioner himself, James Vick. Thanks as always for taking the time to speak with us, James. How is the traveling going? It's good. I'm uh, on the way home now. Uh, me and my girl sit in Austin an extra couple of days, had a little mini vacation, and now um, we're almost home. We're about 10 minutes away from home, and um, uh, happy, I'm happy to be back. I believe it, man, and, and, and I'd imagine very happy with the performance as well. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I wish I would have got the finish, but, you know, I, I, I handily won the fight and took no damage, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, you can't complain with that, man. You got the UD over Francisco Trinaldo in front of the hometown crowd. Uh, Trinaldo's a very tough guy, has some wins over some big names at 155, yet he really had nothing for you in there. Uh, what was the game plan going into this fight? Yeah, man, he's really tough, dude. I'm, uh... You know, how many people you know have won seven fights in a row in the UFC? I mean, I, I didn't even do that. You know, I won five before I lost my first one. Um, Trinaldo, um, uh won seven fights in a row in the UFC. He beat a lot of up-and-comers, you know, coming up. They were supposed to be, you know, a, a next big thing, you know, kind of like kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm working on. So I, I knew what was at stake, and I wasn't going to let, you know, let an upset happen. Um, uh, the game went uh, game plan went plenty, pretty much went according to plan. Basically, he, um, uh, uh, I knew I was a better striker. I knew my movement and my range were going to give him problems, and I knew if he tried to wrestle me, it was going, uh, it was going to gas him out. Um, and so he didn't really try to wrestle a lot uh, because, so he, I think he was worried about being gassed out. So he didn't really wrestle a lot, and um, uh, I was able to keep him on the outside and win a point battle. You know, some people might have thought, or some people were saying that, that they thought he was going to have 
maybe a bit of an edge over you on the ground, but you, you guys had some really good scrambles. I'm wondering, though, was that guillotine close at all in the first round? No, not at all, not at all. Um, uh, yeah, I knew he wasn't going to have an edge over me on the ground. Everyone talked about how physically strong he was, and, um, you know, I've heard all this, but when we locked it up, I mean, he was strong, don't get me wrong, but, um, uh, you know, he wasn't really any stronger than me. I didn't, I didn't feel uh, overpowered, and I actually, you know, body-locked him and put him on his back and took him down. Um, uh, I knew his grappling went better than mine. Uh, I knew his wrestling and his shit suit either one was better than mine. The guillotine really wasn't tight at all. What, um, what I was a little worried about uh, for a second was uh, the head norm triangle. He had to get him. Uh, he, uh, he, he tried to push my head up, my, my arm over and get the head norm triangle. And I know that he's, he's gotten three uh, UFC submissions with that same, same move, the head norm triangle. So, uh, you know, I heard my coach scream and get my elbow to the mat. And I, I made sure that at all costs I wasn't going to let him get my arm over by my head. And, you know, I did a good job of that. And uh, that, to me, that was more of a uh, scare than the guillotine. And I think the guillotine looked tight from TV and from the outside looking in because he, he, he trapped my feet. But then, where I couldn't get my, it took me a second to get my feet loose. But the actual choke wasn't wasn't tight at all. That's why, you know, I saw the ref looking at me, and I gave him a thumbs up to make sure he wasn't, you know, worried about me. Uh, you know, wasn't wasn't worried about worried about me tapping or anything or going to sleep. Yeah, I noticed. Uh, I noticed with the arm triangle there. You know, you you immediately went to the answering the phone position, retained guard very quickly. Uh, kudos for that. But you know, the judges gave him a round. Do you know which one they gave him, or which one you thought? Uh, you know, you might have lost? Honestly, I don't know what round uh, they gave him and what round they thought he won. Uh, it's funny because, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of the haters are on the outside is, oh, you should have finished him. First of all, he, the dude's 20, he has 28 pro fights now. He's never been knocked out. So um, I dropped him. You know, I, uh, I wish I would have been more patient. Maybe I could have finished him there. But the guy has only been finished a couple times. And, he, you know, he was 22 and 5 at that point. And, uh, but I looked at the, you know, looked at the punch stats. I landed the dude almost three to one. I'm trying to figure out what round he did win, because I mean, I know he was a, he was a, he was coming forward and pressuring. But that's, I mean, you can't default me for my style. I'm a counter puncher. I've been a counter puncher my whole career. I'm a mover. I don't really press and walk people down. That's not my style, and I'm, I'm not going to change that or take unnecessary risk. Um, it was a competitive fight, 100. percent He was a tough dude. He can't, he was game. He took everything and. Um, uh, gave some shots too, but if you look at the numbers, I landed the dude like seventy-two strikes to like twenty-six, almost three to one. Um, I, I didn't feel like he won a round. It was competitive, but I didn't feel like it was close. But you know, they gave him a round. That's cool. I, I'm not sure, honestly. I don't know. I'm assuming maybe the second or third, one of them two, because right. I know he didn't win the first round because I dropped him with the right hand and almost finished him. Well, I'll tell you what, man. You're talking about being a counter striker there. To be honest with you, you kind of looked uh, not so much uh, aggressive, but you were definitely pushing the pace there at a few points. You looked really loose in there to me, man. I, it seemed like your confidence was at an all-time high, and I'm sure you'd agree with that. Yeah, my confidence is is, is, is always high, and it's only getting uh, only getting higher, you know, with uh, with more wins and more experience and more. Uh, hours in the gym of training my technique. My, my, I feel like my technique is finally catching up with my mindset. I've always had a winner's mindset and a self-belief like no other. And I feel like I'm mentally stronger than everyone. But I feel like my technique is catching up after all these years. Um, uh, I, I just think that, um, uh, you know, I, I, in my mind, the only reason why anybody's ever been better than me is because they've been training longer. And when I catch them, they're screwed. And, and I'm slowly proving that fact, not just to myself, but to the world. For sure, for sure, man. Now, the highlight of the fight 
was the sidekick to the face that you landed. Everybody was likening it to Sweet Chin Music of Shawn Michaels fame. Looked like you attempted it a few times, but it landed really cleanly once. How cool was it for you to land that kick? Oh, it was super cool. Um, uh, you know, obviously, I, I, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, I watched uh, WWE and, you know, Shawn Michaels was one of my favorites. Um, uh, I remember back when he won the Royal, Royal Rumble a couple years in a row, like 95 and 96, I was a kid. And, like, that was like the the prime time of my youth, you know, when I was like 10 years old, you know, or, or nine years old. So, I, you know, I was a huge Shawn Michaels fan. It was so cool to land that kick. And I've been taking, you know, I've been taking Taekwondo for about two years now. My kicks are getting really good, like vicious. I have multiple kicks, and I'm, uh, I haven't really unloaded them until this fight. Um, uh, I've used a sidekick a couple times, but I really worked it this time, and I have a lot more of those. And I actually landed a lead leg hook kick as well. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I think that may have been the one that he had a small cut on the bottom of his cheek. That may have been the one that they cut him. I'm not sure, but I know I, I landed it, and you know I was like, oh shit! In my mind, I'm there. I, you know, I'm getting so comfortable in there now. It's like I see everything in slow motion, and I was like, I was like, man, did I just land that? Did I, just land that? <laughs> I was all happy about that. I'm not gonna lie, uh, but yeah, it's it's really cool to land. You know, uh, uh, one of Shawn Michaels' techniques, and then I tweeted it to him, and he retweeted me back, and he was like, oh, that you know, uh, he said. Sweet Chin music never looked so good. Congratulations. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> How cool is that? UFC retweeted it. I, UFC retweeted it um, and everything. And it was super cool that Shawn Michaels uh, responded back. Wow, man, that is tremendous. You know, you mentioned uh, you know the sidekicks, the lead leg sidekicks to the body. You mentioned the uh, the hook kick as well. I saw that land a couple times. Uh, very, very cool stuff. And like you said, certainly looking very comfortable in there. Um, so, but. You got a response from HBK himself, man. That is amazing. Yeah, I was like a little kid. I ain't even gonna lie. I'm not, I'm not really a fanboy type. I'm not really a fanboy type, but I was kind of fanboy when he sent me that. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, oh shit, man. <laughs> So listen, man, it's well documented that you've been pissed off about not getting opponents uh, in the division, you know, in the top of the division. Uh, You've said it many times on this show and many others that that nobody wants to take a fight with you. But you and I have also discussed on a couple occasions that there comes a point where you cannot be denied. Are we at that point yet, in your opinion? I would like to think so. I mean, honestly, God, I would. I'd like to think so. But honestly, I don't know anymore. I mean, this shit... This shit ain't about rankings. I mean, it's, I don't know what it is, man. I mean, here's the thing. And, 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 um, I don't care whether people agree with this or not, but at the end of the day, I do have one of the best records in the entire organization. You can't name two other people that have a 9-1 record in the UFC. The only guy I know that has a better record is Khabib because he's never lost. Um, he's the only one. You know what I'm saying? That they pretty much had lost in the UFC that's won more than nine fights. Um, uh, so, uh, I mean, I... I it, to me, it's undeniable, and I like. Here's the thing, guys. Uh, all these guys, Kiesa, Kevin Lee, um, Gaethje, uh, Poirier, Eddie Alvarez, all these clowns. They they were praying a veteran like Ronaldo because they they know how to, they can sit there and act like Ronaldo's a 40 year old man. This and that. Let me see some. He showed no sign of slowing down. It looked like to me he's he was eight eight and one in his last nine fights and with seven fights in a row. Don't look like he's slowing down to me. You know, some people hit their strides uh, later in life. And, his cardio held up great. Uh, uh, that was the knock on him that always oh, you take him a deep cardio guitar. He's won he's won a bunch of decisions in the UFC, and so obviously his cardio isn't as bad as people say, and it seemed good in there to me. The thing is, is they're they're sitting at home praying uh, uh, that a guy like that beats me, so they don't have to face me. They were every one of them were hoping to death that, that Ronaldo won that fight. You know, because you, they don't want to have to fight. Them. 
Well, you know, you make a great point there, talking about the toughness of him and uh, how he is a veteran of the sport with some very big wins over over some some big names. Uh, but you know, that kind of lends itself to to uh, you know the props you got to give him for taking the fight, considering that nobody else is willing to do so at this point. A hundred percent. You know, I. I, I, I... I shook his hand, uh, I gave him a big hug, looked him in his eye, and told him, you know, told him how much I respect him and how much of a real, real fighter he is, and, and how nobody wants to fight me, no one wants to, a lot of these people don't want to fight him, and, um, uh, you know, I respect the dude more than pretty much almost anybody I've ever fought, you know, because he didn't have to take the fight, and, you know, Sean Shelby knew that he would, that he would take the fight, Sean Shelby's like, you know, if Ronaldo's not going to turn down fights, he knows I, I've never turned down a fight, I've never once turned down a fight if I was healthy, obviously, a couple times I've had to say, hey, man, I can't fight, I'm injured. Because, I've, you know, I've had a lot of injuries in the last few years. Well, the last couple years I've been pretty good, but before then I went through a long spell of injuries. But I've never once turned down a damn fight that, that Sean Shelby has presented me to the table with. Um, uh, now, uh, some of that may be changing if, 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 if they're expecting me to fight some of these guys and not get paid. It's time, it's time to, you know, they're going to be up in the money if they're going to be asking to, to uh, either fight up or down. Unless I'm fighting someone around my level, then, you know, it's either you want me to fight down and take a chance on losing to someone below me, then you're going to pay me. Or if you want me to fight up uh, someone high, then, um, uh, then I want the same money they're getting. You're going to pay me. That's just how I feel now. I mean, this is, this, uh, I feel like I've earned this. I mean, if I'm not in one another another fucking uh, uh, another, uh, weight class, I'm a fucking world champion already. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right, man. And that, that also lends itself to the Shark Tank. That is 155, but... Uh, to touch to touch on uh, Kiesa, Lee, Gaethje, Poirier, you know, you mentioned all these guys this week, uh, called Gaethje a punching bag, made some really good points about uh, Poirier and the rankings debate. You must be pretty tired of having to plead your case to get a big fight at this point. Yeah, you know, I, I, like I said on the mic, I'm, I, I, I'm fucking tired of calling these guys out. Fuck them. If they don't want to fight me, then fuck you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 if you're going to ask me, if, if UFC is going to call me and ask me to fight someone ranked them, uh, below me now after I've won all these fights, then I'll be like, okay, uh, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, if they ask me to fight someone that's not even ranked, I'm not going to turn down the fight, but I am going to demand more money before I do. I'm going to be like, well, you're going to fucking compensate me, you know, for my risk. Um, uh, because there's tons of these killers on the outside looking in that are ready for the top 15 also. And uh, these fucking, uh, all these other guys want me to, want guys like me to have to fight them so they don't have to. Right, well, to- they, totally they, understandable. They're, they're, and they're praying those guys will beat me so they don't have to fight me, or, or uh, uh, hopefully they don't have to fight them. That's guaranteed us what they're thinking. Yeah, totally understandable, man. You don't want to become a gatekeeper in this division. You want to become the champion in this division. I'm a fucking, yeah, I'm a fucking 9 and one six foot three lightweight. I'm a future world champion. I ain't no motherfucking stepping stone or gatekeeper. And it's time they start realizing that shit. If these guys don't want to fight me, well, fuck them. Uh, like I said, I'm not thinking fucking uh, uh, these clowns anymore. I'm thinking Khabib. I'm thinking Tony Ferguson. I'm thinking McGregor. I'm thinking world title. I'm going to be a world champion by the end of the year. I have no doubt, man. I mean, the the way things have progressed so far, and watching all of this unfold for you, man, it's only a matter of time. As you as you and I have discussed uh, every time we've spoke for the most part, but uh, you know, has Sean Shelby, the UFC, has anybody discussed anything with you after this win? I mean, it, it must be a big fight offer for your next bout. Um, no, I haven't talked to them yet. Like I said, I've been on. Uh, vacation with my girl for the last two days and uh i'm probably gonna either reach out to sean here in a little bit today or i'm going to uh text or call him tomorrow and i'm just gonna be what i'm gonna say basically is you know hey what's up man you know what's going on is there uh any possibility of a big opportunity in the next 
month and a half or so. Because if not, then I'm gonna I'm gonna stay at home and chill. I have a baby due April fifth, and you know I've been gone for two thirds of my girlfriend's pregnancy, and you know it's I don't want you know obviously I'm doing this to, uh, for, to pursue my dream of being a world champion and to to make it financially better for our family, you know. But I don't want to keep being uh, you know I don't want to have to keep being selfish and you know being away from her. And I know it's not easy for her to be home by herself, you know, while she's pregnant and um uh. And definitely not easy if she had to have a kid on her own without me being there, you know. Um, uh, but if obviously if an opportunity comes up, you know, she's going to understand. And, you know, my son will understand if something major comes up. But I'm not going to be taking those two-week notice fights against someone unless it's in the top five. Like, I'm not taking anybody like Kiesa or, or Kevin Lee or any of these guys are going to want me to fight them on two weeks notice or some shit. Well, you know, uh, you're, fuck no. You know, if you're not ranked in the top five, I'm not taking those two-week two, two week notice fights at this point. I got to... We live in a one-bedroom apartment. We're going to have to move uh, uh, either before or after we have this kid. Um, we're going to end up having to move into a house. The baby's doing six weeks or less, five weeks now. So, so we got, you know, um, I got a lot of stuff on the plate. You know, if, if, if Sean says something major may come up, then I'm going to stay ready. But um, uh, if he says, you know, just chill or whatever, that's what I'm going to do, and I'm probably going to fight at the end of the summer. Well, totally understandable, man. Like you said, you got a family, family building, and a baby on the way. It would only make sense to to take that time to, to spend with your girl and uh, and you know watch your firstborn come into this world. But you did say something about uh, if Khabib or Tony was to become injured, obviously an opportunity like that you have to take it regardless of the situation. A hundred percent, and I and, and I also um uh, uh, that's what I talked about in a couple other weeks. Well, I'm gonna I'm, well, I'm gonna straight up ask Sean is that a possibility? Because the thing is, they already have three other guys or four other guys on the way on, on the card that are ranked either below me or right around the same as I am that are already already slated. Uh, you got Iaquinta, you got Kiesa, you got Pettis. Um, uh, all these guys um, are already pretty close to either ranked above me or right beside me. Um, uh, they're already on the card, so why would I get the fight over them? I don't know. That's why I'm going to ask Sean if that's even a possibility. If it's, if he, and if he says no, then I'm going to be like, okay, I understand. Um, uh, you know, I'm just going to chill. And if he says it is a possibility, regardless of who's on the card, then I'm going to, I'm going to keep my ass ready. So it just, it just, it's just according to what he, what, what feedback I get from him. For sure, man. Planning for the future, like, like a true veteran and, and a professional. Um, but out of all these guys that you've talked about recently, which one would you like to fight the most? Um, I, I don't have anything personal against any of them. I mean, obviously, I want to. I would like a rematch with Kiesa because he beat me six years ago in the Ultimate Fighter. But personally, I don't have any, I don't have anything against these guys. But I, I, I would like to fight the highest ranked one possible. Whoever is ranked the highest is who I would love to get. And I, you know, I, uh, I'd like to fight the the, high, the guy ranked the highest above me. That way, I can fucking um, uh, 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 skip the ladder and fucking get uh, you know get me a win and, and move right into a world title fight. For sure, man, for sure. So listen, changing gears here for a moment, on a lighter note, tell us about the experience of competing in Austin. I'd imagine the, the crowd had a ton of love for you, and it was a great experience for you overall. Yeah, it was great. Um, uh, it, it felt so good coming out in the tunnel there and uh, uh, seeing all the people screaming and, you know, just coming out and giving everyone a high five. And then I walked out of the case, and I didn't realize how good um, the tickets the USC had given me were, but I saw my mom, my mom was right there cage side, and I got to give my mom a big hug and a kiss before I came, before I uh, stepped up in the ring, in the cage, and it was, it was, it was a great time, you know, I, I have good memories um, of the Frank Irwin Center, because back uh, when I was in high school, I, uh, I played in a couple of summer league basketball tournaments there, so we would go down there for like three or four days at a time, and we played like ten games there, and uh, at, the, at the Frank Irwin
um, uh, I just, it was, it, you know, I just have good memories of there, and you know, I, and I love, I love fighting in my state, and it was, it just felt like a homecoming. Yeah, I was just about to say homecoming. You took the words right out of my mouth, man. Um, I know you really wanted to headline this card, but aside from that, and all of the controversy leading up to that, you know how upset you were over it. What did you think of the main event? Um, uh, you know, I thought Yancey looked good. I thought he got caught. Um, uh, I thought Cerrone. I mean, Cerrone looked good considering, but I thought you know Cerrone looked like a looked like a thirty five year old man in there. He looked older. He looked slower. He looked. Um, uh, he looked like he really don't belong at one uh, at one seventy. He looked, you know, a little bit uh, uh, a little bit, you know, soft around the midsection. I guess. No, I mean, not necessarily, but you know what I mean. Like he didn't look like he was a natural one seventy. Um, uh, Yancey looked a little more filled out than him to me. To me. But you know, Yancey, Yancey got caught, and um, uh, Cerrone did a good job. His straight punches looked good. His boxing, you know. His, Cerrone's boxing looked better than usual. You know, he, it looked like he'd been working on his hands a little more and stuff. He didn't throw as many kicks and he was more, you know, content with boxing. I guess that's maybe because Yancey's pretty, you know, similar height and, you know, with the reach and everything, I guess. Um, uh, but, you know, overall, I thought it was a good main event. Yeah, yeah, all, all over a good card as well. Uh, but, you know, Cowboys talking about moving back down to lightweight. Is that a fight that would interest you at this point? I mean, yeah, of course it would because of his name value, but I, I, if the UFC asked me to fight him, I'm going to tell him to pay me. Because, right. I mean, uh, he, he's still not ranked above me. I mean, you know, he's still not ranked. Uh, now, I'm sure he comes back and wins one fight, they'll rank him in the top ten because of who he is, just like they did Pettis. You know, Pettis is, uh, uh, beat a 40-year-old Jim Miller, and they ranked him in the top 15, you know, when he's when he's two and uh, – uh, he, he was two and fourth at that time in the last six fights, and now he's like two and – or three and seven, three and five or some shit in his last few fights, but um, uh, so I'm sure you know Cerrone came back there to immediately rank him right once he won once he won a fight. So obviously for name value, I would, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight an unranked person. I don't care who their name value is unless they're paying me more money. That because only makes sense, I'm man. And, and I'm about to be 31 years old uh, this week on Friday's my birthday. I'm gonna be 31 years old. Now I don't feel old at all. I started this late this game late. I feel young as shit. I feel like I'm my athletic prime. But at the same time, the older you get, I mean, the UFC's hardly promoting me now, so the older you get, it's even harder to get promoted. Um, uh, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight someone, you know, uh, uh, for the same damn pay unless, unless they're ranked above me or, or there's a, a, a scenario that makes it makes sense. For sure, man, and I think that you've earned the right to, to negotiate that way. But uh, side note here, you mentioned it yourself. You got the birthday coming up this week. You got a baby coming after that, man. What are you doing to celebrate for the birthday this weekend? Uh, I'm actually, uh, uh, well, uh, me and my friends, uh, my, my girl and uh, a couple of my friends are going to go eat, you know, dinner and stuff, but then I'm just going to go, I'm going to go wild hog hunting uh, with, with one of my other friends, my buddy in his land. I'm going to go hunting, you know, I love hunting, and I, I, when I'm back home in Texas, I try to go once a week, and so that's what I'm going to do. Cool, man. Awesome. All right, so listen, all the talk of uh, Kiesa, Lee, uh, Gaethje, Poirier, I mean, some people are even saying an Edson Barboza fight makes a lot of sense for you. Honestly, man, the list goes on for guys that you should be fighting and could be fighting. Whoever it may be, I, I hope that you certainly get what you deserve, brother. Um, if not this year, you've got to be challenging for the title in 2019 if all goes to plan, right? Yes, sir. It's going to be this year. I spoke that into existence. And um, uh, I'm a big believer in the law of attraction. And by the end of the year, I'll be a world champion. All right, man. I have no doubt. And I certainly look forward to all the future has in store for you. Uh, you said you wanted to, to get back to it uh, maybe early summertime? 
Yeah, um, uh, depending on the situation, yeah. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, I probably will, will, will try to fight the end of July, beginning of August. Um, uh, you know, do, be home uh, with the baby, my girl, you know, and, uh, you know, moving to a new place and um, uh, just uh, get everything situated before I leave to go to camp. Absolutely, man. Uh, congratulations on all of it. The baby, the win, the birthday, the new place, all these things. It sounds like you're you're finally building up to, to where you deserve to be, and I'm very happy for you, man. Let's wrap this up. In conclusion, call out anybody you want to call out. Address the fans. Let us all know. Let us all know what we need to expect the next time you can you compete. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not even gonna call any of these clowns that I've called them all out. I mean, do I need to name them all again? I mean. Really, uh, I'm coming for a world title this year, 2018. I'm going to be a world champion. Um, uh, everyone, please go follow me on my social medias. Um, uh, uh, James Vic MMA. That's uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All three. James Vic MMA. Go follow me. Um, uh, you know, my next fight. I'm coming. You know, I'm, uh, I'm going to do what I do, and I'm, I'm going to get another win. I don't know who I'm going to fight. Hopefully, someone ranked uh, quite a bit above me. Uh, if not, then whatever. Um, I don't care. Uh, uh, I'm going to be a world champion for the end of the year, and I'm going to keep fighting, and um, uh, I'm going to keep performing, and, and just I'm going to be progressing. And every time you see me, I'm going to be bringing new stuff to the table and getting better. All right, man. Again, greatly appreciate the time. Congratulations on on everything you got going for you. Certainly look forward to speaking again soon, and all the opportunities that 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 are certainly on their way for you, man. Have a wonderful time hunting for the birthday. We'll catch up again soon. Uh, and again, thank you very much, brother. Thank you, sir. Fired up as always. Birthday around the corner. Baby on the way. A lot of things going on for James Vick right now. Coming off another big win. I'm sure all of you would agree that the guy deserves a a higher ranked guy. Top 10. Somebody. Somebody take the fight with James Vick. You guys have heard him talk about his frustrations with all of this uh, several times on the show. You know, I, I won't get into that too much, but... Uh, you heard us talk about it. There, there comes a time where you cannot be denied any longer. And I think we are approaching that point, if not there already. So that's it for tonight, guys. I'm not going to keep rambling. BJPen.com radio episode 71. Big thank you to everybody who joined us this evening. Big thank you to all of team pen, everybody on the squad. You know who you are. Like I told you in the beginning of the broadcast, Make sure you follow us on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google+, you name it. Get on there, set up notifications, get news before everybody else does. If it's breaking, if it's viral, if it's a hot topic, and tons of exclusive content to go along with that, BJPen.com, everything that you crave from the sport that you love in mixed martial arts, we have got you covered, guys. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Have a wonderful evening. Catch us next week. Hopefully be a Wednesday, maybe a Thursday, who knows. But we'll have another great show for you guys next week. Make sure you tune in. Subscribe and share this podcast. Much love, Penn Nation. Peace out.